Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're going to go into John chapter number 12, beginning of verse number 36. We're going to finish the chapter. Some very painful points to be made in our reading today and in our study is the fact that people, they claim to believe in Jesus. They, they claim to follow Jesus. They, they, they have a lot, of, a lot of claims. And the scripture said, as, as many as have seen those miracles, they believed in him. And they, the, the scripture keeps talking about the idea that these people believed in Jesus because of the things that they had seen him do. But because they did not know him, they did not follow him or believe in him for who he is. They just simply saw miracles they'd never seen before and said, certainly this guy's got to be a prophet. Certainly this guy's got to be with God. No man can do the things that he's done unless God was with him. So surely this guy's got to be with God. And they began to lay down those palm branches, as you saw uh, in the days past, and they they began to shout, Hosheana, you know, save us now, O Lord. They began to to praise him and and do all kinds of things for him because all their hopes, all their dreams of what he was, maybe as Messiah or or what he was as far as a miracle worker or any of these other things is exactly what they're hoping for that he'll come to pass to do for them. But none of them know him. None of them truly believe. The question that we dig out of our reading section today in the first section of scriptures we have is where does your belief lie? Does it come from uh, always growing up in church and hearing about all of these things? Maybe maybe in my generation looking at a flannel graph while being told a story or or drawing pictures and getting told stories and and just all your life growing up, you hear all of these stories and you're asked to believe them. And then they, they ask you if you want, anybody wants to go to hell and nobody wants to go to hell. And if anybody wants to be saved and everybody wants to be saved as compared to going to hell. So you prayed this prayer after uh, the teacher or after the preacher or after a deacon or someone. And, and, and congratulations, you're saved. Do you really believe in Jesus? Do you even know him? These are things that that we've got to search within our own soul today. We've got to consider in our own lives. <clears throat> because that story that I just laid out about the flannographs and the story I laid out about the stories that you've heard. This was my testimony before actual salvation, before coming to know Jesus. I didn't grow up in church but a couple of times in the year, we would end up going to church for whatever it was Easter or whether it was Christmas or, or some of those times that, that you went. And whatever lessons for whatever classes I was put into so that my parents didn't have to worry about me being with them, they could pawn you off, so to speak. And we got those cute little lessons with, with cute little stories well, we never learned that we were sinners. We never learned that that God was holy, that God was righteous. We never learned that, that the penalty for our sin was death and separation from God for an eternity. We never learned any of those things. But we sure did learn to pray a prayer. And we sure did learn that, well, I, it was better to go to heaven than it was to burn in hell. <laughs> so a lot, uh, my own personal testimony of belief 
is that I had none until 23 when, when I met Jesus. And I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. The question is, how prepared are you? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that, that we are brought to a reality that, Father, oftentimes mankind will alter the things of God to make them more palatable, to make them more desirable, or to make them make them easier to stomach, so to speak. But, Lord, that's not reality. And as soon as we begin to bend the Word of God, we end up breaking the Word of God. And, Father, no soul's ever been saved from, from a position of, of all of these benefits or all of these ideas are just simply not wanting to go to hell. Nobody in their right mind would want to go to hell. But, Father, to know Jesus, to receive Jesus, and be born again, that's something totally different from all of these other things. So we pray, Lord, that you give us a sense of what you are talking about and that you will help me give them that are listening the sense of what I'm saying as it comes directly from the Scriptures today so that it be the Word of God that is glorified and no man will praise you in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. So for our first section of reading today, we're going to be in John chapter number 12, beginning in verse number 36. We're going to be reading down to verse number 43. And the scripture says, While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become the sons of light. And when Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, for again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogues. For they loved that glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. There's nothing more heart-wrenching than that last statement that is made in verse number 43. This is not a, a statement that is made by Jesus, but in fact a statement that is penned to the, the gospel by John himself. As John, understanding the nature of man very well as being trapped in this body of death alongside of all the rest of us, he, he understood the challenge of Nicodemus. He understood the challenge of Joseph of Arimathea. He understood uh, the challenges of those, those in the leadership roles of rather the Pharisees or rather the Sadducees, those of the scribes. But it doesn't change the fact of, of the boldness that we are called to, to be witnesses for Jesus. Yes, you may be a CEO, and yes, you may be a CFO. Maybe you are a founder of a corporation entirely. Maybe, maybe as an entrepreneur, you've got your own business and, and you've built a, 
a, a very well-to-do life for the business that you have. Perhaps uh, you're you're out there on the farms, or you're 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 doing whatever positions and work that you have, and you're called upon at some point of time to be that man of faith, or that woman of faith that that you promised God that you would be as as committing yourself into the service of the king and in those moments that you hide the gospel from those who are seeking it most and they're asking you questions and they're they're seeking out if you're a christian and and and, and asking you these things yes they could be asking for the purpose of being able to catch you in a snare so that they could begin arguments with you or cause other people to begin arguments with you and ultimately for the goal of either crushing your faith or getting you fired. I've experienced that personally. <laughs> but ultimately, people who are coming to you will be seeking out an answer of the reason of the hope that they see in you. But being too afraid to speak, being too afraid to, to share that gospel of hope with those who are desiring hope in that moment is, is only to be found in this idea that is given to us by John in verse number 43 of our section today. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. There's, there's nothing more horrible I can think of written in the scriptures aside from this. Even of the authorities that believed in Jesus, they would not speak or confess it. And please don't forget what the scripture says from Jesus himself to his disciples that if you are ashamed of me before men on earth, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. That if we deny Jesus, that he will deny us. And these that were being mentioned by John, who were of the authorities, these that, that believed in him and who he was, but were too afraid to confess him because of their position in the Sanhedrin court, because of these and their lack of confession, Jesus suffers at the hands of the Sanhedrin. Now, I understand the, the necessity of the death of Jesus. I understand that everything that happened had to happen. I, under, I, I get all of that. Predestination is a truth, and all these things were ordained of God and determined before the world even began. I, I get all of that. But a person's conviction to confession before men, that's something personal to the person. That's something that fear holds back. That's something that that concern for title or concern for wealth or concern for self, that's something that holds confession back. As much as divine plan of God is man's ultimate desire to benefit himself. And thus they love that glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. I'm telling you, I don't know if it's soaked in yet. I kind of hope it has. There's nothing more horrible to consider in the Scripture than that very statement. What is the glory that you seek? 
Are you enjoying the accolades of those around you, enjoying the limelight of being the, the top dog, being the being the best man, being being the highest man in the court, in the room? Are, are you enjoying the accolades of being the most popular, the most uh, talented, the most athletic, the most, 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 most? That you love the glory of men. And you die under the weight of it when the glory of God could set you free. Oh, that's horrible. But we come back to this position of verse number 36. And it's in connection to the reading that we completed back up in verse number 35 of yesterday. But we go to there to begin the whole concept. Here Jesus says to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going, and while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. A recognition that, of course, darkness being a separation from God, that light being being a, a child received of Jesus into God, and so that you need to be one with that light. He says that light is among you for a little while longer. He says the one who walks in darkness doesn't have any idea where he's going. And while you walk in that light, while you have that light. And he says, believe in that light. Well, of course, we understand the light that he's referring to is himself. Jesus was known as life, and that, that life that Jesus is, is the light of men, back in John chapter number 1 and verse number 4. And we understand from those two candlesticks that Jesus was using back in John chapter number 8, and going into 9, we understand that those two candlesticks that were at the, at the feast of of, of uh, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, they lift these two candlesticks 75 feet into the air, lit so that the whole countryside, the whole the whole of Jerusalem, as far as the eye could see, would be able to recognize those two lights. Because it is believed in Jerusalem, there in the temple at the Holy of Holies is where the Shekinah, or the light of God, would be, and that is where the promise of life is delivered. And so, Jesus makes reference to the fact that he is that light that lights the whole world. But the angel Gabriel told his mother before his birth that, that he was a light that would come into the darkness and that all who would be able to see that marvelous light would be able to, to walk in the light. It would be saved. He came for the purpose. His name, by the way, is Yeshua. His name is salvation. It's the very purpose of why he's come. And so while you have Jesus, believe in Jesus. We can, we can supplant that word light for Jesus himself. And while you have Jesus, believe in Jesus that you may become a son of Jesus, as it was. This light, uh, recognize the Father. While you have Jesus, believe in the Father. Believe in Jesus. Remember, he and the Father are one. You might become sons of the Father. This is the work of Jesus to deliver us unto the Father that we might be able to receive the adoption, the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This is written in Romans chapter number 8, right about verse number 17, going down to 20. 
So we receive this adoption from the Holy Spirit of God at the point of our belief in Jesus as he brings us or bridges us together with God through the sacrifice of his life, the blood that flowed from his body. And, and the cleansing power of that stream has brought us as justified before God and praise the Lord for Jesus' effort and work in this. So while we have this promise, and you're hearing this right now, do not walk away from it and, and consider it. Do not walk away from it and think on it. Don't walk away from this moment and say, well, maybe that's true or maybe not. No, while you have the light, you better come to believe in the light that you may become a child of God because otherwise you'll be separated from God. And, and the last breath is the last breath. You don't get a chance to be able to fix things after that breath. You don't get a chance to be able to change things after that breath. You don't get a chance to be able to, to manipulate or alter things after that breath. At the last breath is the last breath. Now, after Jesus said these things, the scripture reveals he departed and hid himself from them. And there's a reason why he hid himself from them. They said they believed. They said, these are the same people that were throwing down those palm branches in the pathway of Jesus, rejoicing in the triumphal entry of their king, Hosheana. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of kings, Melech HaOlam, the king of the universe. And Jesus hid himself from them. Because not too long from this, days from now, the same crowd that was believing in him by saying, Hosheana, Hosheana, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Even, even those guys are the same crowd that's going to be shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Oh, he hid himself from them. No blaming no blaming him on that. See, he had done so many signs before them. What is this 37? Though he had done so many signs before them. And by the way, wasn't it the 5,000 that followed Jesus all the way over to Capernaum that they, they were wanting to get fed again? They had a guaranteed source of food for the next meal. Why in the world are we going to let that get away? They chased him down just so that they could get fed again. It happened over in chapter 7. And we find that, that in chapter 8, they start challenging him at the beginning of 8, saying, well, you know, with Moses and our forefathers, they ate manna in the wilderness and were fed. So what are you going to do for us? The scripture said that they believed in him, but their belief was only because of what they saw. And their belief was as shallow as their faith in God because they were only interested in the next meal they could care less who Jesus actually was. And so we come to this position where throughout the scriptures, everywhere we see that it was written, they believed in him, or many believed in him, yet still we have equal amount of place in scriptures like John chapter number 6. He said in verse number 44, he said, well, the, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? From this time, many of the disciples left him and followed him no more but i thought they believed in him i thought that they 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 were following him because he was their messiah oh but we discovered that the reason why they were following jesus was for so many other things 
It wasn't because they actually knew who he was or actually believed in, in the work he was there to do as Messiah. It's because he fed them. It's because he healed them. It's because he, he, he did miracles of healing on other people and they were able to see it. They, they were following him with a superficial faith, a superficial belief. Maybe some of them were following him simply because they were told that's what they were supposed to do. And they didn't have any other grounding or any other connection with, with, the, with the task of following Jesus except for the fact that that's just what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to follow your Messiah. That's just what you're supposed to do, right? And so he, he comes down and it says, though he had done in 37, this is John, by the way, John speaking, his perspective of how the crowds were treating Jesus said, though he had done so many miracles before them, they still didn't believe in him. And this is something that really kills me about the charismatic movement as a whole to begin with, because the whole idea of the charismatic movement is not as much about the scripture's truth or validity in the heart of man, but is, is what miracles can be done, what signs and wonders can be produced, and, and, and the emotional and, and, and sensational connections to the idea of God for, this, for, for several of these types of movements that, that we can experience instead of coming to a knowledge, instead of coming to a reason with God through the Scripture. We just want to feel God. We want to feel these moments. And this is exactly the problem with all of these people that, that had seen all these miracles. They'd seen all these things. They experienced the power of God. They experienced the, the, the different ways that, that Jesus raised the dead and just with Lazarus and, and all of these different miracles. And though they had seen it all and been a part of experiencing some of the most amazing moments in history, they still didn't believe in him. And that's the reality is that a lot of people are chasing after the leaders of the, of the movements that, that they claim to have, uh, have performed miracles. They're chasing after these leaders because they, they have no clue as to who Jesus truly is. Got no idea at all who the person of Jesus is. They're just following those leaders because of the miracles those leaders are capable of doing. And, and the reality is, is that, that, that even though Jesus himself as that leader has done these, these amazing signs, these miracles before this people, they still didn't believe on him. They still were ones who were so quick to say crucify him. They, they didn't believe in him. And in fact, I would submit because down in 43, it says that they love the glory of man more than they love the glory of God. And that's why. But he, Jesus, he's the second to come across this. Isaiah is the first to write this reality. And by the way, right here in verse number 38, it says, So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Another fulfilled prophecy in the person of Christ our Savior, Jesus. Lord, who has believed what he's heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, 
what mighty chapter of Isaiah does this come from but the very chapter of Isaiah that is rejected and refused to be read in the synagogues and be taught by the rabbis even to this very day. This be Isaiah 53. And in Isaiah 53, in the very first verse, it says, Lord, who has believed our report? Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The work of God. You see, these people are a fulfillment because they had seen the they had seen the arm of the Lord in all of these different miracles, these different signs that Jesus has accomplished. This is the arm of the Lord being revealed, and so that it is not able to be contested that that Jesus and the Father are one. And yet, still, this people is going to crucify him because they do not believe it. Even though the multitudes, because of the miracles that have been experienced, are following Jesus at this current moment, believing in Jesus, believing in his work, even his own disciples are going to fail and fall back from following Jesus simply because things don't work out exactly the way that they believe that they should have worked out. Because Jesus submits himself to the arrest of the Romans there goes Peter, and there goes a few others, because the assumption was is that he was just going to take over Rome, and that he was going to raise up Israel to the status of being the world leader that it, that it should be. And, and they think that it's all going to happen in Jesus right now, when that's not the case at all. So even his own disciples, who carried this belief in him, did not believe in him they believed in the belief they had of him. And that's kind of a really huge thought right there. If you take a second and think on it, are you believing in Jesus or are you believing in the belief that you have about Jesus? It's two totally different things. Believing the Word of God for what it says is believing in Jesus. But believing in the belief that you have of Jesus is believing in all of those stories you've been told about Jesus, believing in what the pastor has said about Jesus, believing in what your denomination uh, believes about Jesus, believing in all of these different things about Jesus, but that doesn't mean that you even know the person of Jesus from his word directly. And there are so many people that I know personally who believe in their belief about Jesus. But they don't believe in Jesus himself from the word. Going to have to think about that one for a minute. And, and realize that, that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah was to be fulfilled in the fact that though he'd done so many miracles before them, they still did not believe because the very statement was by Isaiah, who in the world has believed what he's heard from us? Who's believed what we've said? But by the way, Isaiah and all of the prophecy 
that he has presented, and I, I hold Isaiah up as the fifth gospel of the Bible. I think that it's the gospel of the Old Testament. There's more reference to Jesus directly from Isaiah that is clearly to be understood than there is from Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Daniel or anybody else. I mean, it, it, Isaiah is just in your face with Jesus. But the reality is, is that as much as he had proclaimed the coming of Messiah and as much as he had proclaimed all the things that he had, he had proclaimed, who believed him? Who believed him? Who saw the power of God and what he was saying? The arm of the Lord being revealed. Well, that the scripture reveals here in verse number 39 that they could not believe on him. And even though all of these different places throughout Scripture says many believed on him, the works that he had done, many believed on him in, in that day, and in several places you'll find it says that they believed on him. Yet you discover now that that belief was a very superficial activity. That belief was a very superficial uh, standard because the reason why they were believing in him was not because he is Jesus, and the reason why they were believing in him is not because they believed he was sent from God or that they believed that he was the Messiah or that they believed that he was indeed the very gift of salvation for their souls. They believed in him because they saw all the things he was doing. They didn't listen even to his teachings as much as what they were waiting for the next miracle to happen. And the reality is, now that we see revealed in verse number 39, is that they could not believe. But why can't they believe? Isn't that belief open unto everyone and anyone, that anyone can be saved, that everyone, that Jesus came to die for all, so that everyone could be saved? Why, why could these people not believe? Ah, the prophecy of Isaiah comes to us again. He says, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. <laughs> Isaiah said these things because Isaiah saw the glory of God and spoke about him. You see, Isaiah saw the glory of God. He, he understood. Now, this is in reference to Isaiah chapter number 6, when, when at, at the time of the death of King Uzziah, that Isaiah says, I, 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 woke, I saw the throne room of God. I saw the seraphim or the burning ones that were there. I, the voice said, who will go for us and who will declare us in this generation? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. And and then when when he really grasped the holiness of the moment that he was in, he said, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. How can I go? And God ordained him. He took the he took the the coals of fire from the altar that was before him, and an angel touched the lips of Isaiah and said, There, your lips are purified. This is the glory that Isaiah spoke of because he saw God's glory and he spoke of him. Nevertheless, there's a hateful word in it. All of these wonderful things that we experience is revealed to us from Isaiah and then we have it. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities 
believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they wouldn't be put out of the synagogue, didn't want to lose their position, didn't want to lose their status, didn't want to lose their their authority or their uh, power to be exercised. For they love that glory that comes from men more than the glory that would come from God. It's such, such a human thing. And we're all guilty of this. There have been plenty of times we've been put to task as being a Christian that we never said anything, that we never did anything, that we never challenged anyone simply because we didn't want to lose our status. We didn't want to lose our job. We didn't want to lose our friends or our place in the group. And we left Jesus to an embarrassment because we didn't stand for the gospel either. We took more evaluation of of the applause and accolade of man than we thought about the eternity that we would have to face with God. Shame on us. Verse 44, in the second section of our reading, down to verse number 50, here in John chapter number 12, the scripture says that Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. And I have come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my word and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Amen. Guys, this, you, you, you've got your Bible, this 44 to 50, this is where you, you, you put a reference to this anywhere in these scriptures. And, and you put John chapter number 5, John 5, verse 20 to 25. You put that reference in there. Because this is the position where all judgment is given unto the Son. And the purpose behind the, the judgment being bequeathed unto the Son is for this very connection that Jesus has with his humanity as well as in his divinity. No one's going to be able to stand before Jesus and say that they didn't know or that they didn't understand or that they couldn't understand. No one's going to be able to stand before Jesus and say they didn't realize or or that that it was somebody else's fault. You're just not going to be able to get around Jesus in this particular point because he being fully human understands all of the limitations of of the flesh. But being fully God, he understands that it is that it is possible for you his children to rise up in his in his word to live a life exemplary of Jesus himself to be able to be be that that voice in the wilderness proclaiming the gospel for all who are lost today you can do that you can be that but you have to long for the glory of god more than for the glory of man and i fear that it's the opposite way for most he says in verse 44 whoever believes in me believes not in me but in him who sent me very belief in Jesus is the connectional belief to, to the Father himself 
for Jesus and the Father are one. He says, whoever sees me sees him who sent me. The, the reality I was talking about last night in our Revelation study is the fact that God is a spirit. And so as you look upon the Father, you're not going to be able to see the embodiment of a man or of the figure of anything as you would be able to see when you look upon Jesus because the Father is a spirit. And he doesn't have an embodiment. He doesn't have a form of, of, of a human structure or anything else to be able to lock your eyes upon in, 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 in contrast to the brilliance of the, the powerful light that he is. But Jesus is the fullness, as the Apostle Paul represents in Ephesians, that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So we look upon Jesus, we see God, the very point. Whoever sees me sees him who sent me. He said, I came into the world as a light, and whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Belief, light, it is the opening of the understanding of our relationship with God, our connection with God, the very creator who made us, that brings us unto a right relationship with him through Jesus Christ and confession of our sins. If anyone would confess their sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them of their sins and to forgive them of all of their unrighteousness. So that we see in 1 John chapter number 1 and verse 9. It says, if anyone hears my words and doesn't keep them, observe them to do them or, or guard them in their heart. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I don't judge him. Jesus is the lamb at this point. We talked about that in Revelation chapter 5 also, is that when John turned around to see he who was able to take the scroll, that he saw a lamb instead of a lion. Because even at that moment, Jesus was still in the efficacious role of, of bringing souls under the kingdom, bringing souls under the Father in salvation. And so that we find that, that Jesus says, I didn't come to judge the world. Of course, we understand that from John chapter number 3 in the conversation with Nicodemus, where he says, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. He didn't come to condemn the world. He says, I did not come to judge, but to save. In verse 47, he goes down, he says, the one who rejects me, rejects. As he has received my word and treated it as something that is unholy or profane or or did not care about the things of my word or to, re to keep them. For the one who rejects me and does not receive my words, that one has a judge. What is going to judge him? By the way, Revelation 20, you can branch off of 48 here. Not only that we understand that Jesus is the judge from John 5, but in Revelation 20 we see the exaction of that justice being meted out at the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. He says, The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken, that's what's going to judge him in the last day. It's not even going to be the personal feelings or the personal uh, uh, thought as it was of Jesus as to how to judge. It's simply going to be the word of God that you have right in front of you right now, that, that the most widely sold and popular, most popular book in all the world, by the way, being the Bible, you've got these scriptures, you've got everything you need to know, the basic instructions before leaving earth in the Bible, and this is the very word that is going to be upheld in the day of judgment that, that will 
exact justice upon you. It is the word that is spoken. The same will be the judgment of the last day. For I have not spoken, Jesus said, on my own authority, but the Father who has sent me has given me a commandment, what to say, what to speak. And I know that his commandment is life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me, is the written word of God that is going to be the books that will be opened against those who have rejected Jesus and had not received his word. Friend, do not seek the glory of man more than the glory of God. Do not turn away from that light as it has come to you. Do not reject the word of God today. Receive the Lord. Receive him. Receive his word. It's the only hope you have of eternal life. Elsewise, you have an eternity of separation from God. You have no hope in this life, and you will have no hope through eternity. You can't take back from the last breath what has not been done. While it is day, believe in Jesus and come to that light, because there's coming a time when the night rolls in. And nothing can be done after that. It's exactly what Jesus was teaching in John 9 with the blind man. While it is day, enter the light, for the night comes that no man can work. Guys, all of these things gathered together is the great truth of the need for Jesus. Are you among those that the Scripture revealed today that, that many... Though they saw all those signs and miracles, they still didn't believe in him. Many who followed Jesus because of the signs and the miracles and all the amazing things they saw, but once once they were challenged in their their belief and their thinking, that they fell away because it was just too much for them to bear. That their eyes were blinded and their heart was hardened. They hadn't seen with their eyes. They hadn't heard with their their ears, nor have they understood with their heart. They were blinded. Because they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. I hope this isn't you today. I hope, I hope that you know Jesus. And I hope that if you don't know Jesus, that you'll in this moment just stop and you'll just you'll just realize the Holy Spirit convict you that you just realize you need Jesus because guys let me tell you something let me tell you the judgment is is sure the judgment is coming as alive as Jesus is is as alive as judgment day and no one's going to be able to get around that not even the lambs not even the children of God will get away from that day but that there will be a book of life that will be opened on their account and they will be stayed from the justice that will be meted about meted upon those who have rejected Jesus and not received his word don't be in the camp of those who reject him it's only going to be a certainty of destruction father we pray that you will be with us help us lord in this moment consider these things that our hearts be open that our eyes were able to see ears able to hear and that we can fix the issue of our rebellion today. We pray that you will be with us, bless us as we go through this weekend. Lord, reveal yourself to us in such mighty ways that we may be able to rejoice and be glad in you. 
Thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Well, guys, God bless you. God keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And, and we shall catch you on Monday for John chapter number 13, uh, entering into the upper room and, and beginning the discourse, the upper room discourse, while going through the feast of Passover with Jesus. Very exciting opportunities to be able to be gleaned from that. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll do that Monday. But of course, you're most welcome to catch up to us on Friday as uh, or Sunday, I should say, as last Sunday we went through the the blind man of John chapter number nine. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to be reiterating some of the points that we would discover rather in John ten, or we'll we'll be talking about the resurrection again of of Lazarus with Mary and Martha in the conversation that is held there in John chapter number eleven. So, God bless. <music>